You're listening to Three Kitchens, a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Join your hosts, Aaron Walker, Sarah Som- Soma Sindaram, and Heather Dyer. Guess what they're cooking now? With PodPower, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a PodPower shout out to Your Forest is a podcast about the natural world. Hearing stories about the environment, renewable resources, conservation, forestry, hunting, fishing, and more. This is a podcast for those who cannot live without the joys and wonders of all wild things. Find Your Forest wherever you get your podcasts or at yourforestpodcast.com. That's yourforestpodcast.com. Hello, listeners, and welcome to today's episode of Three Kitchens. Do, are you welcoming us as well? We're just listeners. I also welcome my, my two co-hosts, Heather and Sarah. Well, thank you so much. It's nice to be welcome. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> and this is, a, this is a special episode for me. I am going to make a strudel recipe, and it is from my Oma. Ah. She was born in Germany at the beginning of World War II. And so this is a recipe that just lives in her head. Mm. And over the summer, she taught my mom and I how to make it. Nice. So she just stood as the, this is what it should look like and just watched as um, my mom did stuff. And then I was on the side also watching and taking notes. (laughs) Nice. And so I'm going to try it and I want to make some uh, different fillings with it and and change things up a bit. So what's the traditional filling? The one that we made was an apple strudel, which I think is one of the traditional fillings. And so I also want to make a pumpkin strudel because yum. yum. I don't, we're we're all in the pumpkin boat here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You said you didn't like pumpkin pie that much, Heather. It's a texture thing. Okay. We'll see if you like this then. Plus you always have whipped cream and I can't eat whipped cream. So then it's just a plain old pie. Like I think I don't get the full effect of the pumpkin pie because I can't eat the whipped cream. And then I'm like, Mm. so I'm going to make an apple, a pumpkin. And then the third one that I'm going to make that my um, Oma was telling me about is one with a cheese filling in it that is similar to like a cream cheese, I think. Okay. And it's a cheese Mm -hmm. called pork. And it's something traditional that my Oma remembers having it with. Um, but I was unable to source any from the German stores or the cheese stores in Calgary. <laughs> so I'm okay. going to try and make it. Oh, my Lord. You're going to make cheese for this? I am telling you, we are going on a journey. And when I say <laughs> journey, it is like like the strudel part, like making the dough now, which I haven't done yet and have only seen it done once, mm-hmm. is apparently the easiest part of this. Because I'm going to do all this other stuff. It's a journey Uh, to the old country. Do you have some good German uh, vocabulary here that we can hear your pronunciation? I'm sorry. I know uh, very limited German. I always look forward to your pronunciation of foreign. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Well, maybe for part two. Uh, Maybe for part two. (laughs) You'll have come up with some words. I'm going to make cheese, clarify better, and learn German. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This sounds like a reasonable task for me to take on. 
So to start with, uh, to make the strudel dough, you're going to get two bowls. One bowl, you're going to mix together flour, water, egg, and sugar. And it's going to be pretty goopy. Okay. Mm -hmm. In your second bowl, you're going to mix together flour and lard and and make it like so that it's totally incorporated together. Mm -hmm. Right. You're going to let it sit in the fridge for 20 to 30 minutes, both bowls. And you're going to just flour your counter and you have to fold it and fold it after Mm -hmm. you roll it out. And then you put it in the fridge again. Mm -hmm. You leave it there for 30 minutes. You take it out. You flour your counter. You roll it out and it's really sticky and goopy and you need a ton of flour to work with it. Mm -hmm. And then you do a fold in the fold that my Oma taught me. Mm -hmm. And you just keep doing this again and again until it does not stick to the counter. So I think we did it three times. Like you put it back in the fridge in between. Put it back in the fridge for 30 minutes. And Mm. so this process of folding the dough and rolling it out into a sheet and Mm -hmm. then letting it sit, doing that multiple times creates all these flaky layers that you're going to have in there. Right. Because it's like, um, it's a pastry dough. Yeah. That you're making little air pockets in there. When, when we did this, Mm. it turned out really good. So the one thing I'm going to change up in the recipe, this is supposed to have lard. So we used Crisco. Um, I would prefer to make it with butter because I missed that buttery flavor in the dough Mm -hmm. and talking to my Oma about this after we made it. Um, she said, you can't use just butter itself because there's too much moisture content in it. And the milk proteins and blah, blah, blah. Right. So this is when I had this revelation as to what clarified butter is. Because I honestly, every time I've ever heard like clarified butter, I'm like, why? Why would you bother melting the butter? What are milk solids? Who really cares? Mm -hmm. I realize that you do this to remove the water content so that you get a pure fat, which is what you need when you make these pastries. Right. Hmm. Just to up the complication a little bit, I'm going to exchange the lard for clarified butter. So I'm going to try and clarify butter, which I've never done before. What? You can't buy <laughs> clarified butter? Oh, you oh, can. You... you can. Come on, Erin. <laughs> I have it in my fridge. I just sh- I really... showed it to her. We've already had this conversation. We've had this discussion. Oh. Um, do we need to revisit my problem? I know. <laughs> I know. I'm just... Okay, let's just tell the listener then. You can yes. buy it. You can buy it. Yes. Not everybody's as crazy as Erin. No, can we just quickly say, Sarah, what do you use it for? Why do you have it in your fridge? Oh, we use it for Indian cooking. We use ghee for Indian cooking a lot. Is that what ghee is? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So you use it so that when you cook in it, things are less likely to burn and it does not brown. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because there is no liquid and milk proteins in it. It is just I didn't know that part. Fat. Right. Yeah. That's uh-huh. awesome. Okay. I, yeah. This is where I had this revelation as to what and it was. Yeah, we were sitting around enjoying our strudel and I was like, oh this is what clarified butter is. And I just, <laughs> it like all the pieces came together as they were talking about. So did your Oma know this too? About clarified butter? Yeah. No, she had never used butter in her recipe. She just knows okay. that you can't use butter because oh, okay. it won't turn out with the same flakiness. Right, right, right. You need a pure fat. And right. I said, oh, yeah. and that's when I started, you know, my okay. brain started ticking and I had these little like, aha moments. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a strudel <laughs> is quite a dry piece pastry like it's that's why you have the fruit or whatever because it's very flaky and almost crispy Mm -hmm. you it's almost some of the layers pastry ish in a way 
like yeah it's a very it's not doughy at all flaky, like there's pastry yeah, yeah. yummy cool the great thing about this strudel recipe mm-hmm. is that when you finish your process and you finally got this dough that is not sticking to the counter and stuck to your hands and it's a mess it's a mess to work with mm-hmm. <laughs> once you get past that you can divide it into six pieces and it will make six strudels for you so you can make this dough ahead of time you toss it in your freezer nice. anytime you want to make a strudel great and that's impress awesome the yes. hell out of your friends family whoever so i am going to make six strudels right away nice. i'm gonna make pumpkin and cheese or quark you want to sprinkle some breadcrumbs down so that the strudel doesn't get soggy on the bottom Ah, right. Doesn't yeah. absorb the moisture. Exactly. Yeah. You want something to kind of be that moisture Barrier. absorber. Right. Yeah. Right, right. I'm really curious how you're going to do this pumpkin. So the pumpkin one, I have taken the recipe for the pumpkin pie from uh, Samin Nasrat's salt <laughs> acid heat. Yay! Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've modified it. Instead of using heavy cream to make the pumpkin pie filling, I'm going to use sour cream. So that means oh. you should be able to eat it. Heather, because it doesn't have heavy cream in it. Mm-hmm. Is that why you're replacing it with sour cream? Well, when you make a pumpkin pie and you put the filling in, you kind of pour it right. into a vessel. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. got a flat dough, so I need more of like a sturdier. Yeah. I was going to say, won't it be too moist? Right. Yeah. Like I'm, the cream yeah, yeah, yeah. might be too liquid. The cream would turn it into liquid. So I think right. if I make a thicker dealio, okay. I don't know. The pumpkin <laughs> yeah. thing is a total experiment. Um, who knows where we'll get there? Okay. <laughs> I'll call you crying. <laughs> I was hoping to roast Ooh, the pumpkin itself. Thanks. I saw pie pumpkins at the see. <laughs> you can buy your own pumpkin <laughs> filling. No, she's so excited. Of course not. I'm gonna roast my own pumpkin because I'm <laughs> nuts. It's easy and it tastes way better. Mm. Roasting pumpkin is super, even I could do okay. it. I'm going to, I'll easy. be contacting you for the roasted pumpkin. You just throw that whole thing in the oven. That's okay. all you do, honestly. Oh, I'm so excited. The third thing is this cheese called quark. Oh my Couldn't God. Couldn't find it. You know, I contacted the local German store here. Mm-hmm. No quark. I contacted the cheese company. That's almost across the street from the German place. No quark. Mm-hmm. I started Googling online. I found a recipe from a website called a canadianfoodie.com and it's a homemade quark cheese and it doesn't require any rennet. So when you make a cheese, typically you need this protein that generally lives in the lining of a baby cow stomach to convert the milk protein into the cheese protein. Okay. So rennet is this thing that you can buy to make your own cheese. So I found this recipe and it doesn't require any of that. So I don't have to go and purchase this stuff online, which is the yay point for me. (laughs) This recipe is two liters of buttermilk that (laughs) you put in a heat proof dish in your oven at 175 degrees Fahrenheit for two hours. So After it's been in the oven for two hours, you turn your oven off and you leave it overnight in the oven. And so what's going to happen is the moisture is going to be is going to be in a layer that comes off on top and the curd is going to be what you want to keep. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. So in the morning, you skim off the excess liquid. I don't know if you can pour it out of the dish. I'm not sure exactly how that's going to be. But then you pop it into cheesecloth. And they have this nice little picture on their website of how they've tied their cheesecloth to the beautiful tap on their, you know, farm sink. And it's just hanging there draining. I think she says like 45 minutes, like it doesn't take very much time to get all the moisture 
texture out of the curd. So what's the texture of cork? Is it like a cottage cheese or cream cheese? That's what I'm going to say, based on the pictures I've seen, that it looks like it's a mixture between a cream cheese and a cottage cheese. Like, I don't think it's as smooth as a cream cheese would be. But on this website, this lady uses the cork in a recipe to make cheesecake. Oh, so it's ah. probably kind of smooth, at least. I get to make cheese, guys. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so excited say, about it, but that, I'm excited cheese. to try it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> You know you're excited. I am excited to eat it, yes. So you strain it and then yeah. then it's done? Then it's done. Okay. And do you put something with the cork with in the strudel or is it just straight up? I don't know. I have to double check with Oma. Okay. Ah, because um, yeah. she's going to let me know okay. if I need right. to add anything to it. But yeah. Does Oma already know you're doing this? Yeah. We got to spend a weekend together, my mom, my Oma, and me, uh, this summer. And the three of us got to make this strudel and just hang out together, which was really nice, nice because mm-hmm. we haven't had a ton of time together with everything how it has been. Totally. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just, we had so much fun. And she was really excited that we wanted to know how to make this. And she's like, yeah. oh, I'm really glad that I get to pass this recipe Mm-hmm. down to you guys so that you know how to make it mm-hmm. and it made me a little bit sad that I don't have a daughter but you know maybe my kids will hey boys can make strudel too impress their girlfriend or that would be very impressive you know or just you know <laughs> maybe they'll pick a nice partner someday that will love cooking as much as cooking. you making cheese and and whisking your own their own mayo and... exactly yeah I like that you're not referencing a recipe aside from making the cork but that you're just going to your Oma for yeah. for when you have questions and how to do it. And you're not like, because you could just look up how to make a cork strudel. I bet you there's recipes out there, right? But you're not, you're going to your no. Oma, which I think is a nice, it's a nice way to do it. It feels, yeah, it's really nice. It feels like mm-hmm. a special recipe. So, mm-hmm. and I think it is such a great recipe that it makes the bulk dough because it takes 30 minutes to bake what you take it out on the counter overnight if you know you're going to do something tomorrow or you take it out in the morning and can use it in the afternoon, you roll it out, you toss in your filling and you've got this great dessert. So we made one strudel and then we had six or five pieces left over when we made it this summer. We ate the entire strudel, just the three of us. (laughs) We had it for dessert that night. And then the next morning we were sitting down and eating our coffee or drinking our coffee. And I was like, why aren't we eating strudel with our coffee? And we're all like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I think that's when it's best. Mm -hmm. Like with a coffee, Mm -hmm. mid morning or mid afternoon, like as a treat, as opposed to after you're already full of dinner. I think, I don't know. It's like more enjoyable if it's like you're a little hungry and you have time to sit down. Yeah. Mm, I can't wait, Erin. I'm so excited. Yeah, this is very exciting. I'll I'll be doing just a few things. get things so i've got some time to work on this and uh, i'll join you guys back in a bit sounds great i'm looking forward to it atb was built to help alberta businesses from ceba applications to lending information debt consolidation loans or deferrals whatever your business is facing right now atb is here to help with expert advice and with today's economy top of mind in business stay up to date with the future of podcast Hosted by ATB's Chief Economist, Todd Hirsch. To learn more, visit atb.com. So we're back with, well, I always get 
chubby cheeks whenever I eat my carbs and I sure as heck eat a lot of them. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. It has been a little was out of fantastic. control. Yep. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. That was amazing. We just sat and we divvied up. We had two of them and we divvied them up between the four of us. And we seriously just sat at the table and just stuffed our faces. <laughs> Did you have any leftover after the first night? No. <laughs> no. Nice. There was zero self-controlled and self-control involved in this. <laughs> As it's a treat, you're not supposed to be, you know, controlling that. It took me 2 days in total to make everything mm. and just the smells of it mm. and you guys even ate it before I tried it. Like That's it was true. it was making me crazy. So by the time I actually got to have some, it was like, wow. I was like cookie monster. <laughs> well, how did it go with uh, with your recipe? Good. So I had to call. I had to call my Oma once. That's pretty good. Just one help call. <laughs> one one help call to the Oma hotline to do this recipe. You there's a special German measuring cup. This what the? Have you ever seen a measuring cup like this? No. No. So I don't know if you can see inside. Oh, yeah. There's different measurements. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they're all in weights. So even though it's a volume, <laughs> it's measured in weight inside. And it's all written in German, too. Why is it shaped like a funnel? Why is it shaped like this? I don't know. Just to be different. Oh, no, that makes it German. <laughs> Do it our own way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After we made strudel this summer, I had never had one of these measuring cups. And so my Oma bought this for me as my birthday gift oh, <laughs> so that nice. I could go forth and make strudel. So this was the measuring cup that I used, but it was in grams. My Oma had written down the recipe as half a pound of flour. And I was like, oh, because pounds and grams are slightly like different. You know how everywhere, like um, in the United States, uh, one cup is different than uh, British one cup, like it's right. not right, the right, same right. measurement oh, anyway. Boy. So, and now possibly the German is different. So the German is also <laughs> apparently different. So I asked my grandmother, so she said the half a pound is about 250 grams. Uh, so using my fancy little measuring cup, uh, so to make the strudel dough, <laughs> you're going to have two bowls that you're going to mix together with ingredients. So the first bowl has got your flour, water, egg, and sugar, mm -hmm. and you mix that together and it makes a goopy goop. Mm -hmm. Like, have you ever paper mache? Yeah. And then it gets too thick and it's really elasticy and goopy. That's kind of what you want that dough in that bowl to look like. Mm -hmm. So you mix that together. You want to really mix it so that all your flour get mixed in. There's no lumps or clumps. Then you pop it in the fridge. Then in your second bowl, you put together your flour and your fat. Now in the recipe that Oma gave me, it was flour and Crisco that she used, but I was like, oh no, I'm not using the Crisco. I'm going to use the butter. So she went off to the farm and milked the cows. <laughs> I decided that I was going to clarify butter to get a pure fat because butter has too much moisture in it. So I've never clarified butter before. This was so cool. So cool. Wow. <laughs> I get excited about these nerdy things yeah. that I get excited about. So deal with it. Uh <laughs> I like it. I like the enthusiasm. It's good. So it took about a pound and a half of butter to make one pound of pure fat. 
you just put all the pieces of butter into a pot on your stove and you just melt it. Don't touch it. Don't agitate it. Don't stir it. Low heat. Just let it all melt. Mm -hmm. While it's doing this, you get some little foamies on the top and really easy with a slotted spoon or whatever. Just scoop those foamies off. You don't want them anymore. Then your middle layer is this pure fat and on the very bottom is your milk Hmm. and it looks like milk you do this and you separate out your butter and I just used a ladle and just kind of ladled off what I could it was so cool it was milk at the bottom of my pan Mm -hmm. and I wasn't able to get all the fat off but I just did it until I had a pound and then I just put it on my counter and let it cool you take that butter and you mix it in with your flour and this made when you mix Crisco and flour together you kind of you get a bit of a paste it mixed together into like one goop again (laughs) so now you've got two bowls of goop two bowls of different goops (laughs) two different goops (laughs) So once those have sat in the fridge, you take your bowl of stretchy, floury goop and on a very, very, very floured counter, you scrape that out onto the counter. So it kind of just like, it's this blob (laughs) (laughs) of flour. Then you get your bowl of your fat and flour and you scoop that out and you put it on top of that glob. And so what you're trying to do is you're trying to create this layer of fat inside this layer of dough. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. But you're working with these goopy, globby <laughs> stuff. <laughs> it's hard to explain. It was kind of tricky. You fold your floury glob over your buttery glob. And so you kind of fold it in thirds was what my grandma showed me. So you fold the top down over top, you fold the bottom up and over, and then the same on the side, flop, flop. And so then you have this little globby package. (laughs) I keep thinking of every time I've been so frustrated with recipes where it's like shaky dough or like, uh, like the wet sand or whatever. And I'm like, what the fuck do they mean? And now I love now you have a description is like your own version of this. It's like globby glob. And the goopy goop. <laughs> You've got your goop in your glob and your I love it. <laughs> you put this all together and it's kind of this unstable mass of dough that's like shifting and you can't touch it or it sticks to it so you got to have like tons of flour right and you take this mass of dough that you've got and I put it on a piece of parchment and then I was able to transfer it back and forth using that parchment so that was mm. a kind of a, so that it didn't stick as much so put that on a baking sheet toss it in your fridge and let it sit for 30 minutes so that helps that butter um, harden a little bit so that it's a little bit easier to manage and the dough too. Hmm. So when you take it out of the fridge the next time, I mean, you flour a ton on your counter, a ton on top of it, and you roll it out into a big square. And then you do this fold thing again. So you roll it out into a big square, you fold it in thirds from top to bottom, and Mm -hmm. then you fold it in thirds side to side, and you end up with this little package again, put it in the fridge and let it sit for 30 minutes. Oh my gosh. You keep doing this until it becomes a dough that is not sticky that you can handle. And so each time you fold it, you're creating these layers every time you're rolling it out. And so that layer of fat is getting thinner and thinner in between these multiple layers of dough. Mm -hmm. I would say I did it three times. It wasn't terrible. It doesn't take a long. It's just that first one where you're working with this like, right, (laughs) the globby gloop. (laughs) As long as you flour the heck out of it, you're good. Made the dough, rolled it out. And then I cut it into six pieces and then just popped it in the fridge 
to let sit overnight until I was ready to take on the filling part. You could just go and use it right away as soon as you've got it chopped in your six pieces. I just did this in multiple steps. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah. And I was making all six. If I was only making one, you know, sure, Mm -hmm. roll one out, stuff it, pop it in the oven, you're good. Mm -hmm. And then the other ones can sit in your freezer until whenever you see fit that you want to use them. Like the next day, because it's so good, you want to eat it the next day. (laughs) Okay, but you weren't just making dough and clarified butter. No, why would I do that? Why would I stop there? No, exactly. <laughs> that that was too easy. Uh, <laughs> so the first one I tried was a pumpkin. So you roll out the dough really nice and thin, really big. And then you put your filling on and then you kind of wrap it up like a little package again and then bake it in the oven. Mm-hmm. Pumpkin pie filling doesn't work the greatest for this mm. because it's a liquid. And when mm-hmm. you pour it into your pie, like the dish holds the liquid it takes the shape of its container uh so when you're pouring it onto a flat surface it takes the shape of your flat surface (laughs) (laughs) yeah i thought i could make it a little bit thicker by um using sour cream instead of whipping cream it really didn't work (laughs) i got that recipe out of samin nasrat salt fat acid heat and then i just cut it in half it does make a lot it makes a big pie And I was like, well, if this is going to be liquidy and stuff, uh." I ended up putting the dough after I rolled it out on a piece of parchment and then putting that parchment over top of a bread pan so that it kind of sat down in the pan so that it had a place to fill. And Mm -hmm. then as soon as I had it wrapped up, then I just grabbed the parchment and into the oven it went and it held its shape and it was all good. Okay. You took it out of the bread pan? So I didn't push it all the way in. It just kind of sat on top and just kind of dipped in a bit. I didn't push it in. It worked out. It worked out. It sure did. The other one that I decided to make was this one called cork. And so uh, there was no cork available that I could source out. So I made it myself. Of course you did. I thought, (laughs) why not? (laughs) I'm I'm doing all this other stuff. I'm going to make cheese. So I bought a big two liter jug of the higher fat buttermilk. So it's 3.25%, I believe. Okay. Finally found a night where I wasn't using my oven, which seemed to be the greatest limiting factor on doing this because <laughs> having to leave it in your oven overnight, I was like, oh crap, I got to make this. I got to make that. I'm using the oven for something else. Anyway, right. so you put your oven at 175 degrees Fahrenheit. You pour your buttermilk into a, I used like a nine by 13 oven proof dish, two hours at 175 then just turn it off and leave it in there overnight. Okay. Uh, the next morning I scooped out the curdy solid that had formed in my pan and just put it into cheesecloth and then hung the cheesecloth up to strain out the liquid. And mm-hmm. so out of all that buttermilk, how much of it would you say was solid? About 500 grams. A quarter, a quarter. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and I let it strain for quite a while because it was quite wet and I had three different little bags of of cheesecloth all over my Mm. kitchen (laughs) dripping into little bowls and stuff it was kind of somewhere between a cream cheese and a sour cream is how I would describe it when Mm -hmm. it came out of there not as thin and liquidy as sour cream but the flavor of sour cream but creamy and thick like a cream cheese it reminds me of paneer do you know what paneer is like it's Mm -hmm. like an indian cheese and it had that exact same texture it was almost like a tofu texture once it was cooked yes it changed the texture okay okay but raw it was like a cream cheese and did you add anything to it i did i added eggs and sugar and vanilla just to make it like a cheesecake it reminded me a bit of ricotta 
Yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah. It reminded me a bit of that texture. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was a lot thicker. So I didn't have to mess around with making the strudel dough hold its, mm-hmm. its shape. So just kind of popped it in there, wrapped it up. It definitely kind of puffed and expanded more as it cooked than the pumpkin did, like the cheese itself. And so there was one where it kind of busted through the side and started leaking and making a run for it. It was kind of, yeah, it was getting away on me there a bit. And then for both of these fillings, before I put them on to the strudel dough, I uh, had some breadcrumbs that I sprinkled down so that it didn't get the dough too moist. Okay. Yeah. And make it soggy on the bottom. And it baked for 30 minutes at 400 degrees. And then once it came out of the oven, I dusted it with uh, icing sugar and ta-da. Ta-da. So which one was your favorite? I liked the pumpkin for sure the best. The cork one, uh, it seemed kind of flavorless. It wasn't Mm. super sweet. It wasn't super, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I could have added more into each one, but I was kind of dividing it between three. So I don't know if I didn't put enough in. It didn't have like the strong, exciting flavor. Mm, I disagree. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, Sarah, tell us what you thought. All right, Sarah. Uh, And I think maybe it was because it wasn't too sweet that my daughter and I, it was 50-50 in my house. So Mm. the boys liked the pumpkin, the girls liked the cork, and I really enjoyed the cork. It was very interesting and it wasn't too sweet, which is perfect for me and my daughter. And uh, yeah, I loved it. Ate all of it. Good. Good for (laughs) you. Finished it. It's easy to finish. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would make the cork again and use it as a cream cheese in right. a recipe for sure. Like if you were going to make any sort of cream cheese cheesecake, it would work really good for that. But then if you cooked it, it wouldn't be a cream cheese texture again, right? No, it would be that similar sort of texture. And that's yeah. where like anytime I've had a German cheesecake, the texture is kind of different like that. Like it's right. not like that creamy New York style cheesecake. It's mm. more of that spongy, curdy, like, spongy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That, that's how I felt when I ate it. It was like juicy and spongy and then it's like all his juices came like it was wet right ah. and it was really um it just reminded me a lot of like the texture of tofu yeah but the taste of um sour cream yogurt kind of yogurt is what it yeah. reminded me of ah, yeah yeah i found like you aaron i thought it was almost like too i don't even know how to describe like too single note maybe that sounds mm. weird but like it was just too much of one flavor like with the pumpkin you got some spice in there and it's like yeah it's sweet but it's also got the cinnamon and you got like a, there's a bit more to it whereas the cork was just sort of cork all the way through where it's tasty and interesting but yeah. almost needed like a I don't know, like make it like a raspberry cork or like Ah. something where it's like mixed. Like when you said cheesecake, I was like, yes, that's what it needs. Like another thing with to balance multidimensional because it's just a bit too. Although my husband, I didn't I didn't eat all the cork. I ate all the pumpkin myself and I did not feel bad about it. I did not share that, um, but I did share the cork when he just had some this morning when he got home from work and he was like, what is this? <laughs> like, so he was, he's with you, Sarah. He was loving it. Yeah. Cool. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Of course, he didn't have the pumpkin to compare it to because I didn't even tell him there was pumpkin. <laughs> I just ate that all. That was, yeah. I love that pumpkin. I really liked the pumpkin in there. Mm. And you don't yeah. usually like pumpkin pie. So this- I'm not a huge pumpkin pie fan but I sure liked it in a strudel I mean I have to say that 
that recipe, Samin's recipe for the pumpkin pie filling mm-hmm. is fantastic. It and is I, good. Yeah. Even yeah. for someone who's not a big fan of pumpkin pie, it's so yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. So I already had that. Like I knew I loved that already. And I'm yeah. a huge pumpkin pie fan. Huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, I'll take pork any day. Totally on that team. Interesting. Pork so Erin, didn't you tell us that you ended up mixing cork with pumpkin? Yes. So the one that I made for myself, I was kind of running out of ingredients. I definitely think I could have made some more filling, especially by the time it got to mine, like there just wasn't much left. <laughs> so it was more dough than filling. For the pumpkin, um, instead of adding in the sour cream, I thought, well, what if I added in, I had a little bit of cork left over. I had pumpkin that wasn't quite enough to make the recipe I just kind of started messing around with things Mm -hmm. I don't know what the just pumpkin would have tasted like mine was the pumpkin with a little bit of cork mixed in so it just made it a little bit thicker so I didn't have to worry about the spreading issues Mm -hmm. like it it tasted really good I did I I think that that would have been really good yeah like a pumpkin cheesecake it was like pumpkin Mm -hmm. cheesecake but it wasn't there was a lot less cork than I would put in if I was going to make it a cheesecake Mm -hmm. I think I had seven ounces of pumpkin and two ounces of cork. Okay. Mm. So it was pretty heavy pumpkin. It was just really right. a thickener, but it right. was tasty. Like a creamy. It was a creamy pumpkin. Mm. I think that would be good. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. I think it'd be easy enough to just, you know, when your oven is free overnight, which is, you know, like I said, the hardest part of this, put your buttermilk in, make the cheese strain it out and then you could use this in your baking easy peasy to do is there something you do with the non-solid part of the cheese and the uh the clarified butter stuff do you just get rid of that so for the cork cheese all the liquid that drained out i just put down the sink i don't think there's any keeping that right somebody tell me if there is (laughs) but for the clarified butter ladling fat off of the top of a liquid you never get a hundred percent right right So I was left with this milk that kind of had a little bit of fat still in it. And then the milk solids, like that foam that I scooped off the top, that was kind of all left behind. And I was making mashed potatoes that night. So I just tossed all that stuff into my mashed potatoes when I made them. Oh, okay. Mm. So great idea. No waste. (laughs) Yeah. And was it good? Like, was it, did it taste different? Well, so because it looked like milk, I took a teaspoon and was like, does it taste like milk? And sure enough, it was like milk. Oh, interesting. It was like milk left over from my, it was really cool to be able to separate the milk from the fat. I mm. thought that was the nerd in me was just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you just became Julia Child there for a second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all the parts of butter. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. Um <laughs> I thought that was so cool to do. I I never understood why. And now Mm -hmm. that I've figured it out, I'm like, oh, that is really cool. That is cool. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you're going to go and make a pie crust and you want it to be extra flaky, the dough turned out really good with the strudel, I thought. It had all those layers of flakiness in the crust. It was... Yeah, we should talk about that. The pastry. It's Mm -hmm. a pastry. It's a pastry dough. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like bread. It's not... If you've never had a strudel, it's Mm -hmm. not like a bun or something. It's like... Like it's a flaky light pastry with whatever kind of filling in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Kind of wrap. It's almost like a think about a toaster strudel. Right. Yeah, except like yeah, a yeah, thousand yeah. times better. 
Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And some of the recipes that I saw online of like quick and easy strudels, because I just wanted to kind of see what other people were doing to compare or what my Oma had uh, shared with me is a lot of people just said, get puff pastry. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. and you know what? In a pinch. <laughs> For sure. You totally could. This definitely rolled out very different too. When you mm. rolled it and stretched it out, it was a different dough. Very, very different. I kind of feel like this when I make a pie crust too. Every time I make one, I'm like, am I doing this right? Because you're kind of just trusting the process during it. It's like, this doesn't look like a pie crust. It's all flaky and crumbly and it's not really going together. And you kind of have to be like, no, just keep going. And it will turn into a dough at the end. Like Mm -hmm. I kind of have to talk myself through it every time. And I felt very much that way with this, where it was these globs of dough that are kind of stretching and running everywhere and stuck all over your hands. And you're trying to work with it. And you're like, is this right? Mm-hmm. It's very much that moment of like, what am I doing? This looks like a disaster. Yeah. But in the end, it all works out. Well, it was, <laughs> it was like right. when I made the the shoe pastry, I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is coming together. It seemed like it was separating and it was like yep. weird. And then in the end, it was like, oh, yeah, this it worked. <laughs> Most important verdict was what did your Oma say? Yes. So I am sitting down here and I've connected with my Oma over Zoom. Hi, Oma. Hello. So I, uh, I followed your strudel recipe and I sent you a couple of slices for you to try out. Did I, did I pass the test? Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> you did pass the test. <laughs> Very good. So out of the two that you got, the cork one and the pumpkin one, did you have a favorite? Yes. I must say the pumpkin. Yeah. Next time you make the cord, put a little bit of lemon juice or lemon zest in there. And also maybe a tablespoon of cream of wheat so that it fluffs it up a little bit. Okay, because it was pretty dense. Yes, but it was still delicious. I mean, I can't believe that you made your own cord. <laughs> I can't believe I made it either. <laughs> That was so good. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I had so much fun learning how to make this. And you know, and as you go along, you're going to get better and better. You have to make it a couple of times. But I must say, oh my God, I'm very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those doughs that when you work with it, you don't really feel like you know what you're doing because yes. it's not easy. No, it's not. And the first part, yeah, you know what it's like. It's a little messy. It's a a little bit messy. I definitely wouldn't do this with my kids. Can you imagine? There would be flour everywhere. (laughs) Oh, gosh, no, no. You don't want to use the boys with that. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad that you could share that recipe with me because I, it's definitely like nothing I've ever ever made or done before and and I think it's really special that you can pass that down to me and and hopefully someday you know when my kids are less messy yes then I can pass it down to them yeah if they're interested definitely yeah I'm glad you and your mom both started and yeah pretty good and I think that was like the best weekend of the summer oh my god and I love that so much yeah we would get the opportunity to do it again. Yeah, I'm hoping that maybe we can um, sneak out some time and uh, and run away again. Yes. It's fun to have ladies weekend. I don't know what that's like. I live with too many boys. <laughs> well, you've got three boys there, so yeah. 
<laughs> I'm in much better company when I'm with, with mom and, and you. <laughs> Maybe you can teach me something, something new again. The girls say I have to learn how to speak German next. So, oh, <laughs> that's a tough, that's a tough order. Yeah. Over a weekend, probably not. Hey, no, <laughs> no, I can tell you that right now. No. <laughs> Just thank you for listening and hopefully everybody will come back and listen to you and your friend and I like the show. I listen to it every week. And now for the fine print. We at Three Kitchens gratefully acknowledge we are telling these stories in the traditional territories of the Treaty 7 Nations in Southern Alberta and the Métis Nation of Alberta Region 3. We honor the rich tradition of oral storytellers on this land who have come before us. You can find pictures and recipe links on Instagram and Facebook at Three Kitchens Podcast. If you like and subscribe on your podcast player, that helps more people find us. He's true.